Hello and welcome to episode 294 of section 138. All three of us are back after exactly four months without the three of us together on a podcast. Close to three months without a single episode, but we've decided to return finally. We've got some exciting announcements in the pipeline as well, but before we get to any of that, Bryson, Jacob, how are you guys? My goodness, uh, four months later, all of the uh, the dead jokes from people, uh, it is officially <laughs> gone. It is resur- we're, We have now resurrected. Uh, it's great to be back uh, with you guys, of course. I think to say it like as quickly as we can, just obviously not the finish to the season that we were hoping for overall, not a fun year, but I mean, we had to come back before... Shohei Otani became a Blue Jay. Like, I think that was one of the main requirements when we finally were able to figure something out to come back. We said we need to make sure that we get something out before he comes to Toronto because then there's probably going to be another episode where we're all through the roof about celebrating the biggest signing in probably Toronto sports history, free agent signing. I don't think that's an overreaction, but anyways, Jacob, it's also good to have you back, buddy. Uh, it's been way too long. And I mean, we were on here for a good like 45 minutes before and it just, it felt as if no time had passed. Like, it, it was this was long overdue and I feel like now especially speaking of like uh the whole winter meetings thing like we are halfway through these winter meetings I feel like this is the perfect time to start talking about this because as we'll get to later like there's some legitimate panic I think going on around the league with uh, this whole Shohei Otani situation so we've got a lot to talk about um obviously like you said not the way to end the season that we would have liked still no playoff wins but whatever um with Shohei Otani that'll all change yeah, our uh, three-month break was strategic in that we avoided the <laughs> disaster of the playoffs and the disaster of, I mean, Bre- Jacob, you were talking about before the episode, but that series against the Rangers and like all these traumatic things that we have very conveniently avoided talking about for the last three, four months and avoided thinking about for the large part for the last, I guess, two and a half months because we've been obsessed with this guy named Shoei Otani that the Blue Jays seemingly two months ago, at least in my mind, the chances of them signing this guy were zero. Zero percent. And now it seems that they are maybe 50-50 odds. Maybe you put them at 40-60-30-70. I don't know. What do you want to call it? It doesn't matter. The Blue Jays are favorites, or at least in the conversation to be favorites, uh, for the greatest free agent in baseball history. And I think that's an incredible thing to talk about. So let's jump right in because there's been a ton of drama, especially over the last couple days with the Blue Jays. I guess the first question is just how realistic is this? I mean, I mentioned starting the offseason at 0% odds in my mind. To me, I'd put it maybe at a 40% chance. Right now, if you look at it, like maybe the Dodgers are at a 40% chance as well, and then you go 20% chance for the Cubs, for the Angels, for the Giants, for whatever other team you want to throw in the mix. But I think it's probably about 40% is what I would put it at. Do you guys read into these rumors? Do you think it is true that the Blue Jays are indeed favorites, are indeed very much in the conversation, or do you think it's more smoke than fire at this point? I think at this point, you have to be considered the favorites. And there was a a tweet that came out from Steve Phillips of TSN um, earlier this morning where he said, uh, quote, I personally think the Blue Jays are favorites to land him right now. I would give him greater than 50% chance. uh, I'd give them greater than 50% chance of landing him, end quote. I don't know if I give him greater than 50%, but like I I do think at this point, like I'm not going to call it a coin flip, but I really do think that 
this is a possibility. I mean, there's like, yeah, he could still say no. I'm not saying he can't, but there's no way that you go to the player development complex. You look at it. Blue Jays seem to be doing everything right. And then he still doesn't come to this team. Like, I think we've all seen the videos of, of him in the all-star break with Vladimir Guerrero Jr. Like he would fit in perfectly here. This team fits in with where he is in his career in terms of his prime. It fits in with the type of needs he has, but from or from the, the needs that the team has. But I think from his perspective, personally, how can you not love this? How could you not love going to a team that is expected to win for a long time, has superstars, has a team that you can build yourself around? You are not the guy. I mean, you should, certainly could be, but you, you don't have to be. I think at this point... It's, it's imminent, his decision, as the score put it, I mean, yesterday, so, I mean, it's not that imminent if it's 24, almost 48 hours later, but I really do give the Blue Jays a legitimate shot, and I'll give you guys some a chance to t- talk about this after, but I do think we do need to, t- to, after that, mention the whole Russ Atkins thing, because he has put up one hell of a sales pitch to this guy, and even if he doesn't uh, end up landing Shohei Otani, you cannot discredit the amount of work that he's put into this. Yeah, th- there's definitely... In terms of what you said on your last point, I think there's definitely a division on that. Like, I agree that they did. I mean, I'm on your side in terms of they deserve credit for that. But I know there's still a lot of people that if they don't get Otani, they're going to be very pissed off. So, I mean, that's also a nice like the one thing that's been unique about this as much as there's been people that believe that, I guess, baseball hasn't been capitalizing it enough just because of the secrecy. Like you were were teasing, Mark, about Shohei Otani kind of being private about everything like that. It does create a lot of buzz and the conversation's been through the roof. I mean, you look at it just starting off of Twitter, like the guy's been trending here for almost a week straight. And I mean, the other part is, again, I know we didn't record for the, the last few months of the season, but the gist I got from a lot of people that I know, and I'm probably among those people as well, it just feels like, Right now, there a lot of people aren't, or I should say, right now, people are, are as mad at the Blue Jays as they've ever been in terms of how the whole season played out, the front office, everything like that. It was a disaster, as you guys know, what happened in Minnesota, the way it ended. I don't, we're not going to talk about that decision in that game, uh, just to spark old habits, but just add the frustration through the roof. We're, we're ignoring have- that, <laughs> we're ignoring that. The frustration through the roof. It's been through the roof, and this is a way to definitely redeem yourself. I mean, there's definitely an opportunity here, and there's definitely a shot like you were touching upon, Jacob. They have been meeting with the guy. It was a secret meeting in Dunedin, of course. There was people tracking on flight radar about private jets going back between Anaheim and Clearwater. This is an opportunity again for the Blue Jays to sign or to make one of the or to make the biggest uh, transaction in Toronto sports history, bringing in this guy in terms of a free agent signing. That is no overreaction. Everybody knows the deal with Otani, you know, and it seems like the Jays have done everything they can at this point uh, to try and provide a sales pitch to him. Of course, he's also met with the Dodgers and the Giants. That's also been coming out the past couple of days. So it does seem like, you know, I, I wonder how much more decision making he has to make. Uh, uh, you know, a part of me thinks that he might already have his mind made up. But I mean, we are getting very close to him making that uh, final call in the next couple of days. And I mean... There is no question that there's a real shot here. And, of course, the Jays have done everything they can uh, to, I guess, try and entice him to come here. And the other thing that I don't know, I mean, I'd like to ask you guys and end it off with you guys is, if for me, it feels like there's not enough talk about him going back to Anaheim. I just feel like there hasn't been a lot of buzz around that. And I think that's still a decent possibility than more people think. I don't know. Honestly, like, if I go back to the kind of like 40-40-20 number, I think it's maybe like a 10% chance that the Angels get Otani again I just I don't know I don't really see it happening it seems like 
there isn't a lot of buzz for a reason. Like with the Blue Jays, I thought all the buzz was like smoke and mirrors at first. Like it's it's not a real thing and people are just connecting them because they're a team that might be willing to spend money and we can drive up the bargain. And But like, no, we saw the Blue Jays meet with Shohei Otani in Dunedin, Florida. And so like, this is a very real thing. I think the fact that, I mean, yeah, I guess he doesn't really need to tour the Angels facilities because he's been there for six years, but I do think there's a case to be made that like we haven't heard that much, and I know he's trying to keep it secret, but we haven't heard that much because there isn't that much going on. Like We've heard about a meeting with the Giants. The Dodgers just came straight out and said that they met with Shohei Otani on Friday, and we learned earlier today that he supposedly toured Dodger Stadium, and they closed... Uh, their gift shop and like they prepared for him to be there. And like, I think there's a reason why we haven't heard much about the angels in this situation. It's because the angels aren't as involved. I still think they're on the outskirts and people have been banning, uh, batting around this idea of a mystery team, which is everyone's favorite concept in free agent bidding. And yeah, maybe there is someone in there who is not being talked about right now, but I really do think like, to keep using that smoke analogy, where there's smoke, there's fire, and there's a reason why we're not hearing much about the Angels. I think it really is centered around the Blue Jays and the Dodgers, and to a lesser extent, the Chicago Cubs. Can I just say, I give the Cubs and the Angels, like, collectively 1% chance of landing him. Like, Wow. Really? I, what I about mean, the Giants? Can, 1%? The, Giants? the Angels? You really think he's going to go back there? They I'm haven't not finished above 500 just, once in his career. Yes. I'm just, I, I don't think there's enough talk about that. I, I'm not saying he's going to go back. It's just people are really ruling them out. Like, it just feels like people yeah. are not even giving them a shot. That's all. I'm, I just think that's a little bizarre. That's all. But I, I think part of the reason is also because, like, there seemed to be some very real frustration between him and the Angels over the last couple months of 2023. Like, right, right. I don't know. It didn't right. seem like a partnership that was going to continue. Yeah, exactly. And I mean, Giants. I don't know. I don't really give them like I'll give them a uh, a better shot, but still, like I think if you're showing they, Otani... they feel like the dark horse because it just feels yeah, like it's the been Giants Dodgers scare me a little bit. Mm-hmm. Yeah, yeah. I don't know. I just I feel like if you're Otani, you need to win now. You've no disrespect, but your team has sucked since you've came here. You need to win now. Um, whether it's the Dodgers or the Blue Jays, obviously I'm a Blue Jay fan. I'm biased, but I feel like they have the bigger upside. Although the Dodgers somehow keep doing well, well, upside in in terms of like future, but um, I like I really do think that at this point it's it's either one of those two teams, and it's I I will put the Blue Jays ahead of the Dodgers, but I still I still think it could go either way, and I'll be obviously very upset if it doesn't go the Blue Jays' way. I think the reason I don't put the Dodgers ahead of the Blue Jays is because, and only because of the track record they have, like. If Shohei Otani wants to go to a winning team, you go to the Dodgers. I know they haven't won a World Series outside of the 2020 World Series, but like, let's be honest, they win their division every single year. It's a lock. It's a lock. And they've done so for the last decade. Like, it's just not a... Like, for the Blue Jays, let's think through the past decade. You go from a middling team in 2013-2014 to a... Playoff, one of the best teams in baseball, 15-16. You go through an entire rebuild and then three of four years going to the playoffs. And the Dodgers this entire time have just been winning their division every year. So that's the part of me that makes me think that, yeah, the Dodgers have a real upper hand there. But like I think the Blue Jays have a lot of things going for them as well. It's like 
Toronto is a quieter city compared to LA and we know Otani doesn't like attention as we've seen over the past couple weeks. Like there are a lot of things that Toronto has on its side. I just think you can't say that Toronto has a better case than LA just because the Dodgers like have a lot going for them on the field. See, yeah. I don't go ahead, Jacob. Go ahead. Okay. I was gonna say, like, I don't entirely know if I agree with that. Like, yes, the playoff success has not been there for the blue Jays right now. Like I, and obviously we know it sucks. I hate it, but I don't entirely know if I believe that. Like, if you're Shohei Otani, yes, you're going to do well with the Dodgers. The Dodgers are going to do well with you. But if you're looking at this Blue Jay team, you're thinking, okay, I put myself in this lineup. I put myself in this rotation, most likely 2025, highly doughty pitches next season, even if the Blue Jays work their magic like they did with uh, with Ryu and Green. You're looking at this and you're like, we actually could be a legit team uh, going forward and for a very long time. And if you're, I mean, if you're Otani, you sign here. Why doesn't Bichette, why doesn't Guerrero want to stay? I mean, Manoa is going to need to earn a spot, but why doesn't he want to stay? Why wouldn't, you know, all these other players want to create the next dynasty? Like, you're almost as if, like, the Dodgers have the dynasty. Obviously, there'll be a dynasty if they bring in someone like Otani, but you could easily make that case for the Blue Jays if he signs here and if other all these other players, A, rebound, because, like, let's be honest, the offense sucked last season. But going forward, I think they'd want to stay if they know that Otani's here for the next god knows how many years of of their contract once it's up well the one thing is that otani regardless we're if it's the dodgers blue jays or giants he's getting he's getting a better chance to win regardless because of like you were touching on about how much the angels have been an embarrassment but yeah i mean i guess i'd like to touch on what you uh teased that a little bit too mark is that first of all i before i go i guess my opinion, I still think the Dodgers have an edge just because of the whole L.A. factor, the West Coast familiar, everything like that. I think that still puts them ahead by that. But, I mean, it's obvious that the Jays have done their sales pitch. They've done everything they can, and they've at least enticed him to think about it. And I think there was, you know, there's been reports about him always thinking good about Toronto and everything everything like that. Um, and, of course, first of all, if you say Kikuchi is part of this whole plan to get him over here, I mean, a lifetime contract out of him from from the Blue Jays should not go out, be out of the question if he is part of the problem or part of the reason why he does come here. Let me just say that uh, number one. And the the other thing is that whole thing about you know Toronto being a little bit quieter than L.A. And you have to imagine him originally choosing the Angels over the Dodgers goes into that. You know, it, obviously you're going to the team that's not as less popular in L.A. And I think that was also probably one of the factors into that. I mean, you heard about the whole thing where. He wouldn't reveal his dog's name or something like that to the media. Yeah, I don't know if you guys yeah. heard about that, but it just go, it goes be, it, it just goes to show you how serious he is about that being secretive. And then, of course, the thing from Jeff Passan: if any team leaks information, they will hold that against the club. What does the do- what do the Dodgers do? A couple days ago, Dave Roberts completely just going out of his way and said, "Oh, yeah, you know, we met with him, and um, I think it went well." And then, I mean, you go across the room and you see Ross Atkins. And first of all, this is the one part where Ross Atkins saying all but nothing. Actually, it feels like he used that to his advantage for the first time. And it actually was probably the better course of action because of just people afraid that they're going to say something that is completely going to ruin their chances of getting him. I mean, this is the power that Shohei Otani has. And of course, the whole thing about keeping everything a secret, it just shows how... Uh, careful these teams are being and it does seem like if you're going to go to a, a, a city or a market that is a little bit less quieter than LA what not than Toronto I mean it, of course Toronto's not a small market but it's definitely a quieter city um, than Los Angeles and I think that of course as much as the Dodgers are stable to the playoffs every year 
you're going to get a chance in the next couple of years to at least be part of that window for the Jays as well to try and win. Again, you're going to have a better chance uh, than you did in Anaheim. So it is going to be interesting to see how that all shakes out. Yeah, and like presumably if you're signed to a whatever you get to 10 year 13 year 15 year contract like this window may end but there's going to be another window and when you're paying a guy 50 million dollars a year 60 million dollars a year there's going to be a huge incentive to build around this guy and make sure you win over the next 15 years so and and then it's also easier to make cases to other free agents to say hey look we got the best player on the face of the planet potentially the best player to ever set foot on a baseball field Come play for us. I think it it makes a very persuading case. Um, but anyways, I, I guess all that being said, Bryson, you teased that sort of secrecy, that kind of veil of silence, uh, that gag order, whatever you want to call it, that Shohei Otani has put all the teams negotiating with him under right now. Um, there was some uh, debate, let's say, on Twitter, on social media yesterday. Uh, kind of started with Buster only, I think. I think it had been permeating for a little bit. Um, but basically the debate over whether is this secrecy getting ridiculous? Is it kind of insane for Shohei Otani to demand all these teams to be absolutely stone cold silent about everything that's going on when he is like maybe the most recognizable face in sports on the entire planet? Like, I don't know. Maybe you put LeBron James into that conversation. I don't know. At least in North America, maybe like third or fourth most recognizable. Either way, a huge face, huge signing. Is it ridiculous that he demands silence? Or do you think this is kind of one of the things that he deserves? Like he is the most recognizable face of baseball. He's going to get the biggest pro contract in North American sports history. He can do what he wants at this point. I mean, there's two separate questions there. Can he do what he wants? Absolutely. And I respect that he obviously wants the privacy, but... It's getting a little annoying, I think, right now. And I, I guess that's the best way to put it. I think it's entertaining. I think it's Well, no, fun. It's a, yeah, it's entertaining. Like, I'm on Twitter. Um, close your eyes or close your ears, Mom. I've been on Twitter more than I have been studying. But, um, like, it's it's entertaining to to constantly scroll through Twitter and be like, oh, shoot, Jeff Passan tweeted. It says breaking news. Oh, wait, that's a fake tweet. Or, oh, no, Jeff Passan tweeted. Oh, he just said Adam Simber to the Angels, which happened just as we started recording. Like, it's been entertaining. But it's also, like, when you think about it, these winter meetings have been kind of boring. Like, let's be honest. The the Juan Soto trade happened. Boring. I think Whoa. I think if you are a fan of a team that is not the Blue Jays and Dodgers and Yankees and Padres, probably, yeah, sure, maybe it's been boring. I think it's been exhilarating mm-hmm. for the Blue Jays and Dodgers. It's been thrilling. Well, it's been yeah, well, no, it's been thrilling. It's just at this point I'm like, all right, can we please just have news? Like I can't wake up tomorrow. I know I'm gonna do this, but I can't wake up tomorrow and just scroll through Twitter all day. Like I wanna see some news. I wanna hear a passing bomb. I want to hear, you know, John uh, Morosi, all these other guys. Like, I want to hear tweets. I want to see tweets. I want to see news. But it's, I don't know. Like, it's, when I say, when I say annoying, I guess frustrating is probably a better word because winter meetings in the past have been far more, uh, I guess, breaking news worthy. Like, there's been a lot more news here and there about, like, this player's going this way. Or remember just before the lockout a couple seasons ago, like, there was a lot going on where now it's like everybody's just kind of waiting for Otani. You know, it's not like the Blue Jays are going to go trade for Juan Soto. Obviously, he's not going to them now, but they're not going to go for him because they're waiting for Otani. They're not going to go get X, Y, and Z because they're waiting for Otani. So in that sense, it's getting frustrating. But at the same time, if he signs tomorrow, or even if he signs in a week, by the end of the weekend, I don't care. I will forgive him for this. But 
uh, or signs with the Blue Jays at least. But like, yeah, that's what I mean. It's, it's just it's getting to the point where you want to see moves being made. Like the off season's been kind of quiet so far. You can feel like that calm before the storm. You just kind of want that storm to finally hit. Yeah, I mean, I think it depends who you ask too about this whole thing. And what I mean by that, I think there's a different answer maybe from a fan perspective compared to the American media. And let let me be the 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 one thing I will say is it doesn't it doesn't bother me. Um, I guess as much as the American media or just any sort of media about this, because again, there's still buzz about this. People are still talking about this. There's no shortage of interest from any of us. You've been talking about it, Jacob. You're study or you're on Twitter more than you're studying. <laughs> All of this secrecy. It's not a is- good habit, by the way, for the younger listeners. <laughs> yeah, I mean, yeah, they got to take a long list for that from you. Yeah, there is. Um, anyways, but all I'm saying is, it's not impacting your interest in Shohei Otani sweepstakes. Everyone is still invested. Everybody's addicted to Twitter right now, trying to figure out. You know, I don't know if you guys saw, but people are also studying body language. Like, I mean, the whole thing with uh, Ross Atkins about, or when Steve Phillips asked, "Hey, how was your flight from Dunedin?" and then everyone's like, "Look, Ross Atkins. All of a sudden, he looks so calm. He looks so relieved." and People are studying his body language. It, it, and the like, Dave Roberts thing. An, yeah, like as after the press conference, on that. checking the text and apparently being the dejected. Like, yeah, of, of Dave, him yeah, admitting. Whole, yeah. Or yes. No, of Dave Roberts, like after he said it. The three seconds he takes before, yeah. you know, it's like he was hearing voices and he just went right through it to completely reveal it. And then there was another thing that I guess that was off camera, but it sounds like his face kind of got a little bit serious afterwards and his phone started blowing up and it, you know, probably people immediately being in his ear about what he said, but it's just, it's not taking anything away in terms of the buzz. I think this is more about from, um, I guess, a reporter's perspective that they want to be able to report that they want to be able to be first and everything like that. They're trying to get scoops and scoops. And unfortunately, in this day and age, it's very hard to do, but Otani's doing a very good job about keeping everything tight-lipped. So I think from a fan perspective, it shouldn't change anything about it because, again, there's buzz. But from a media perspective, I guess you can understand um, the frustrations, but I also think that they need to grow up a little bit. <laughs> I'll take. Um, yeah, I mean, I think, like, whatever. Like, he's he is in this position where he is going to be making $600 million dollars close to a billion dollars Canadian if he signs here. Who cares? Like, yeah, he deserves the right to do what he wants. He deserves the right to be silent. And you know what? It's not a bad thing for baseball. Like, the case that Buster Olney was making was that he should be turning this into kind of uh, a, a global campaign for baseball where he's going to all these cities and donating to all these charities and making it a case of saying, look, I'm promoting baseball in Toronto and I'm promoting baseball in LA and I'm it he doesn't even want people knowing the name of his dog. Yeah. It, it's also, not what's the point of that if you're not going to sign? Like why would I go to Chicago and don't like, Yeah. It, it would be for a it, good cause, but it just I don't see it being relevant. It's not who he is and it's not like it's hurting the game that he's being silent. If anything, it's getting everyone talking about it. Uh so I don't think it's a bad thing. I think it's quite entertaining. I'm having the time of my life following the rumors on Twitter and tracking flights and working up about all these different conspiracy theories, just like everyone else's. And, you know, the fact that we're trying to piece together a timeline of flights and Ross Atkins was in this press conference at 6 p.m. and there was a private plane that left 
Florida for Nashville at 650 and the color of the shades behind him. And it's like, this is incredible. This is what you live for. And even if the Blue Jays miss out on Shohei Otani, 10 years down the line, we're going to be reminiscing about how incredible this week was and how wild it was and how close the Blue Jays came. Like, it. bottom line, I, I don't have any frustration at all. I think it's perfectly entertaining and I think Shohei Otani is perfectly within his rights to ask for privacy when he's trying to negotiate like more than the GDP of like mid-sized countries in a deal. Like it's, this is a big deal for him. He's always been private. He's always been kind of insular with what he wants to share. I don't, I don't know. I don't take any issue with it. Um, I guess the thing that some of us may take issue with, and I'm sure some people, some Blue Jay fans do, is this kind of $600 million number. Like, it's a conversation over whether the Blue Jays are actually in this hunt, whether they'll actually sign him. It's a conversation over how it's being handled by Shohei and people around him. It's also a conversation of whether it should happen in the first place. Like, should the Blue Jays be spending $600 million uh, on one guy who is probably getting Tommy John surgery, isn't going to pitch next year for the most likely isn't going to pitch next year. Uh, could, I don't know, like blow at his arm tomorrow and not be able to play ever again. He could tear his uh, UCL or ACL or, you know, like there are so many things that could go wrong with one guy giving all this money to him. Is it a bad idea for the Blue Jays to put all their eggs in one basket and spend this much money? Is he worth the $600 million price tag that he is likely going to command? You see, that's the problem. And I've thought about this a lot. I'm not going to lie. Like, he's not going to pitch most likely all of 2024. I really doubt it. Um, and then you get the problem of, like, it is a lot of money. And it, if it works out, like, God forbid this happened, but he could perform poorly. Like, he could have a bad average. Like, you know what I mean? Like, he could actually not perform as expected. And when you're being paid, potentially, I'll say it later, but the calculation that I have for his contract, if you're getting paid that much, you got to perform. But um, what is this calculation that you have? Well, no, I just did like a a, a value. When were you a mathematician? I want to see him. No, I'm just going. I'm oh, just doing okay. like Give a little. Give us a number. Give us a number. Okay, so I put um, I put 15 years, 45 million dollars, for a total of That's 675 million. 675. Mm-hmm. I think he's wow. going to go shorter and higher annual value. I think it's going to be like 50 or 60 million a year over. 10 years or 11 years or whatever. True. But no, anyways, that, that yeah, definitely ballpark, does work out yeah. too. Yeah, but so that that's my issue is like, I thought about this maybe a couple days ago, a couple weeks ago, I don't remember what it was, but what if these arm issues, because this is the second Tommy John surgery, what if his arm issues persist? And of those 15 years that I suggested, he pitches less than 10 of them. We already know it's going to be 14 um, maximum. What if those persist? Or what if something happens? Like that's a lot of money to lose like say he's out and he can't do anything you're losing a bat and a pitcher so that really does overcomplicate things that being said if you have the opportunity to opportunity to go get when it's all said and done probably the best baseball player in history you go get him regardless of the price tag like i'm not saying give him a, a billion dollars that that's obviously a little too much over I mean, 20 it's years getting close to that what, in canadian dollars well yeah like, fair it's, enough it's pretty darn close to a mm-hmm. billion dollars mm-hmm. no but like I think you, if you have the opportunity, you go for it. And like, if you're talking about a return on on investment, 
there's no way you don't make that back. Like I've I've talked to multiple people. I'm getting an Otani jersey the second that news is dropped. Like I will I don't care. I will go and get that jersey. I will go to games. I mean, I obviously went to a lot last season, but there are a lot of people who are going to become out of nowhere much bigger fans than they already are. And the the big the diehard fans are going to continuously support this team and playoffs, I mean, hoping they actually win a playoff game and go deep into the playoffs with a guy like Otani, that's how you go deep into the playoffs is a, is players like that. And I just think that if you have the opportunity, you go out and get him, which it could go wrong. Absolutely. You could, I mean, look what happened with George Springer. The first like two years of his, of his Blue Jays career obviously didn't go as planned, but this is a quite literally a once in a lifetime opportunity. I think you have to go for it. And if you get it, then consider yourself very lucky. This is 100% worth the investment. I mean, you've come this far. You have. It's clear that ownership is willing to do it and everything like that. There is no questions from that side about that. And I, I think it just feels like a lot. Like it just feels like a lot of people, and I'm specifically talking about the United States, forget how much value the Jays truly do have behind Rogers owning them and realizing that they can keep up with these teams in terms of if they really wanted to with this type of money. I mean, we talked about it at the top. Uh, Mark, you said it too, in terms of the most popular free agent ever. I said it, if he comes here, it is by far the biggest free agent signing in Toronto sports history. And I'm talking Canadian about that only. History. Exactly. You know, ex- there you go. How is that not worth the investment? I, I know you're right about the whole pitching thing. Um, it's not going to be a factor, unfortunately, in 2024. But I mean, after that, you have to, you know, you got to come with the optimism that he's going to be able to bounce back to that. And I mean, Shohei Otani is a competitor, of course, and he wants. To, I'm sure he wants to get back to pitching as well. And being that effective player, that's what makes him so unique. I don't think there's any hesitation that he's going to return to form. I think there's a lot of optim- optimism that comes with that, and I think there's a lot of expectation that he will come with that. This is, you know, I know people are throwing out figures and you guys were talking about, or, you know, uh, Jacob was at the beginning in terms of if it's going to reach 600 million, if it's going to be just under 600 million, all of that, for me, I, I really don't care um, what the number is, uh, or what ends up being the number if the Blue Jays do sign him. The fact that you were able to bring him over here, you were able to, you know, steal him away from uh, the Dodgers, anything like that. For me, all of these teams, there's no hesitation uh, for the investment, which means there's got to be other things that you know, convince him to come over here because I believe that everyone's pretty much, my guess is that everyone's keeping up uh, with bidding in terms of Otani. And I think that it's just, it's 100% worth the investment from all the reasons I I said at the beginning, the most popular free agent in uh, baseball history, like you said, and everything like that. How do you not hesitate um, but to hand him that money. I mean, you see what he's going to do in terms of, you know, Jacob's going to go buy a jersey right away when he signs. There's going to be people that are going to want to go watch him play now every single night. The attendance expectation, as much as it's already been a strong suit from the Jays the last couple of years, that's going to skyrocket even more because people are, of course, I hate, you know, I know this was a touchy subject closer to in October, but people are going to want to check out the renovations People are going to want to see Shohei Otani, and Rogers also has to make up for the investment that they made to renovate the Rogers Center the last couple of years. This is a win-win-win, and for me, there is no hesitation. I don't really care what the final number is. As long as he comes here and he gets to be Shohei Otani in Toronto, that is a massive deal. This is a global figure. This isn't just Japan. This is global, and that's all coming to Toronto and Again, a third country. It's not the United States. There's no loyalty there from him. What is like? What is you know? What does he owe to the United States uh, in terms of having to stay there or come to uh, to the Blue Jays? It's a no-brainer. It's worth the investment. Okay, so maybe a controversial opinion. 
Um, there is no world in which Shohei Otani is worth $600 million on the field. That is what I'll say. I think I think we have two different conversations here. We have what he is worth on the field and what he is worth to a team and to a market and to an industry. And there is no world in which he's worth $600 million on the field. Like, that, no matter what happens, it's going to be a gross overpay, I think. Like, there's, like, we know, based on past histories, like, I don't know, look at the Miguel Cabrera deal or Giancarlo Stanton or, like, these big free agent names that go places sign these huge deals. And we know that they're not going to be performing in five years' time. Like, we know that after you hit 32, 33, it is downhill, for better or for worse. You are going to be performing at a lower level than you were in your prime. And that's just the fact. And you are going to be paying $60 million a year or whatever the AAV ends up as for five or four incredible years and then six or eight or 10 or 15 or whatever uh, lackluster years. That's just the nature of the deal. And there's no world in which it doesn't get ugly at the end of the contract. That's a reality in my mind. However, there is a second part of that conversation. This is what happens off the field. The effect that Shohei Otani can have on a team and a market in an industry. And I think there is no way to overpay him in that regard. Like he is worth every single dollar to what he does to a team off the field. And that goes to what you were saying about this being, you know, the biggest signing in Toronto history or Canadian history, or whatever, whatever superlative you want to attach to it. Like what he brings to a market, the money, the attendance, the sponsorships, the viewership, the, I mean, everything that people have been talking about for months, that is a non-negotiable that it's a huge deal. So I think in my mind, I have to separate those two things. I think on the field, it can get ugly with the amount of money that people are going to pay him. I think this is the case no matter where he signs. Like if he signs in LA, I still think that deal is going to get ugly at the end of it. I think if he signs in Toronto, that deal is going to get ugly at the end of it. But I think uh, where you get the value back, monetarily speaking, which is maybe not something we should be concerned with as fans, but um, like Rogers is going to make the money back hand over fist with what happens off the field. So um, overall, is it an overpay if the Jays spend $600 million? No. Um, are you going to be getting $600 million worth of performance on the field? Also, no. Um, that's That's just how I view it. See... Part of me wants to agree with that last part you said where you're not going to get that amount of value on the field, but this season is different. Obviously, he's not pitching, but in an ideal world, he's in your starting rotation and he's in your starting lineup. Like, I, like I mean, Marcus Simeon was underpaid, but what did he get? $18 million for last uh, or for 2021s, and he was obviously had a fantastic offensive uh, and defensive season, but like you're paying a guy that can do that, that can hit, but you're also paying a pitcher. So I feel like, yeah, he's, he's an incredible valuable, like, and he'll be worth like maybe 80 million a year for the first three years of his deal or something like that. I just, we know that like, he's not going to be able to pitch and hit his entire career. I think we can agree on that. Like, and his hitting is going to go downhill. His pitching is going to go downhill. Like, mm -hmm. but I mean, also part of the problem is there's, there's, I mean, now it's kind of just the Blue Jays and the Dodgers throw in, I guess, the, the Giants if you want. But if it does, for whatever reason, come down to money, uh, which I don't think it will. I think it, now at this point, it's going to come down to where he wants. But the reason why it's so high up is it's like, if I offer him $500 million, 
I'm not going to get him because he's obviously going to get more. Or if I offer him 400 million, he's going to get more. So, like, I agree with you. He's going to get overpaid. But I also, part of me, like, if I'm not saying this is going to happen, but say the Blue Jays sign him or whatever team signs him, and well, say the Blue Jays because it's a Blue Jays podcast, obviously. Say they sign him, go on a deep run next season, win the World Series the season after, deep run the next season, maybe a disappointment here or there, but win multiple World Series during his time here. Obviously, it's hard to get carried by one player in baseball, but you can't help but think that, like, the return was worth it. Like, you talk about the Kawhi Leonard trade. It, like, obviously very different, but I still think that was worth it. I still think that the 2015 trades for the Blue Jays, uh, or I've at least come around to it because I've been against it in the past, but I think those were worth it given the the uh, value that it brought to the team. So in that sense, I'm like, I really think that, yeah, you're going to pay a lot, but it's worth it if you can win multiple world series within the the tenure that you have with them. Yeah. I mean, for, I didn't even know about that in terms of your 2015 opinion there, but uh, anyways, Oh yeah. I'm, I'm completely on the other side now. I, I didn't even know that you were on and the, the, you know, the other side of the beginning. So, <laughs> but uh, you are right. Like the, the other thing too, is, and I guess, you know, you can kind of relate it to Juan Soto being off the board. Now, if they don't get Otani, and you know the Yankees get Juan Soto. Like the, it's a pretty severe loss. There's no really backup plan even close to that caliber. I mean, you can make the argument that Soto was at least along those lines. But now, like if you don't get Otani, this offseason immediately goes from all this hype that we've been talking about uh, the last couple of weeks to an ultimate failure. The disruption from the fan. It's going to come back very quickly it's going to get very ugly heading into next season there's still lots of holes let alone we haven't even talked about other needs in this lineup besides Otani of course that's going to fill lots of problems but there's still some stuff they got to decide on they got to decide on third base they got to decide on second base and of course if Otani comes they still might have to decide on the outfield there's still stuff that they got to figure out um besides Otani and if, if if first of all if it doesn't start with Otani at this point um, it's definitely going to be a, a disruption, and that you know, I just go back to what I said at the beginning, and pretty much along more with what you were saying, Jacob. This is worth the investment and everything like that. This is their shot to go all in and get as close as they can to winning something. Because of course, the last ten years they've come nothing; they haven't come close to winning a single playoff game, and that's just the brutal reality of it. They got to do this. This is a this is an investment worth the while for this fan base, and that's the only way I look at it, and I think that's the only way that we should be looking at it. Yeah, like I. Big picture, I agree. It's an investment worth making. Um, I don't think there's anyone right now. I, I mean, I guess there are some people, but most people are Always not. Always a few. <laughs> most people are not saying the Jays should not sign Otani. Most people are over the moon about the fact that they're even involved in this conversation. And yeah, I, I think it just, for me at least, it comes with a realization that this contract isn't going to look great in five years or seven years or whatever number you want to pick um, on the field. That's the, that's the caveat. On the field, it won't look great. But off the field, I don't think there's any way to measure how big of an impact he would have if he came to Toronto. Um, and we were going to talk about Juan Soto, but we're kind of out of time, and it kind of doesn't matter because the Yankees seem to be on uh, the, I guess, like the last couple feet of uh, finishing up this deal, although it's kind of been there for seemingly a couple days so we'll see what happens maybe it another apart, motivation but, to get otani uh, if that doesn't happen oh boy <laughs> yeah yeah it will uh there will be a lot of people upset if the blue jays don't uh get otani or soto and at this point it seems like soto's off the board um so we will wrap it there it's been awesome to have the back. podcast back 
to have the three of us back together for the first time in exactly four months. It was August 6th was the last time the four of us were on an episode. Um, it's been a lot of fun. We'll do it again, and we do have some exciting announcements coming that we will continue teasing until we uh, figure out how to announce them. So with that, we'll leave it there, and we will catch you next time, which is hopefully in sooner than three months' time. You know you like that. Welcome.